This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call Pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs. Set it Set it out and see what happens. Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, Good buck. We'll get my buck, and then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. An absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, crispy as hell on this beautiful Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. If you're catching it right off the grill, prime rib is, I don't even know why we call it prime rib, because you don't cook prime rib on a grill. You get it right out of the oven, man. You get it right out of the oven. <laughs> uh, top shelf, top anyways, tier. Yeah, top tier. Um Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we're still out here sending podcasts. It is the dog days for a whitetail hunter. Very few people are thinking about whitetails, um, but me and homie are still thinking about it. Every time we talk um, on the phone, there's like, hey, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. And we've been plugging away at the list, but it's we still have a lot of stuff to, to do um, and to get moving here. But the important things are getting done. Um, about to do the first birdhouse trip of the year for oh yeah this weekend so real excited about that but uh anyways um this episode um we're back on a one night as we've been kind of keeping this buck under the radar but um if you listen to the podcast you've heard me talk about physical therapy um pt uh is this buck's name is because it's what we're going to need after we hunt this thing because <laughs> um, where he's at 
but uh, I, I need physical therapy right now. I was going to say, you need wait. it on that wrist, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, I haven't tried shooting my bow much. I'm like, I got to chill here, see if I can get this thing under control. But, yeah, uh, we're going to get the people to make this possible, and then we're going to break down how three years in a row we've been on 190 inch, 180-inch public land giant um, with the option, option of hunting it um, and getting encounters on a lot of the, a lot of, you know, getting encounters on 190 inch deer on public land. It's mm. insane. I've got a good little streak going here. I'm going to start off with ride on optics guys. Um, we've talked about ride on optics for a while now. Um, uh, shout out to them for giving us the opportunity to read some ad reads for them. They actually, we actually got some optics from them and I'll tell you what, um, when I was first looking at them, uh, they looked solid. The price was pretty decent, um, but it's really hard to get a feel of what you got going on until you get it in your hand. Um, so I just want to say, you know, I've had it in my hand, put it on my muzzleloader. It's holding up to the muzzleloader. Um, that's not the smoothest shooting gun by any means, you know, but for the price, you're not sacrificing quality at all. Um, I know a lot of people think, uh, glass should be crazy expensive. It should be double the price of the gun or whatever, but this is decently priced, high quality glass with a lifetime warranty made in America, America, uh, has literally everything in one package at a more reasonable, you know, hunter, hunter friendly cost. you know what I mean? And, uh, you're going to get it. It's going to come in a great package. You can tell that they put a lot of pride in actually delivering it to you. And you have a lifetime warranty that is guaranteed to get a brand new scope if anything happens to you. They ain't got to fix it, send it back, nothing. I've seen a, a uh, video on Instagram of a company who sent back a binos that they fixed and they were broken half when the guy got them back in the mail. And he was like, this is the exact same reason I sent it in for. So they probably put a new shaft in there and, broke again in the mail before we even got them. So with this company, you know, you're getting brand new out of the box scope or binos when you, if you do have a problem, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, staying with the model there of, you know, a hunter friendly, uh, cost Exodus trail cameras is running this deal through the end of the month, last few days to get in on this guys. Uh, what, exodus has going on is you guys are going to be able to send in any trail camera that you have laying around working or not working and be able to get 75 dollars off of their exodus render or an exodus render bundle so you're going to go to their website you're going to buy your render and then they're going to send you a label you're going to get your render and you're going to send back your camera and they have all the directions on their website to go through this I'll link their website in the comments of this episode. And I really love the rendered because not only do I, like obviously I have the Scout Tech app, which is what they use, and I can invite up to, I believe, 10 friends on my plan to view my camera. So this works really well for the same situation that Cody and I have is he doesn't have to have, I don't have to send him every picture. I know that he can log in with his own account and view every camera, every picture, every video, get every status report, just like he's operating the cameras and that the cameras are his. 
So this is really good for big party groups. If you got three, four, or five people on a lease, everybody can just download the app and view all the cameras and nobody has to worry about hiding a buck somewhere or, you know, getting lost in, in all the pictures that you would get throughout the night. So, and um, all the cameras get to, get to share the data. So not too worried about um, giving them extra fees out there. So um, that's something really special that they have going on right now. Like I said, last few days um, to you to I've seen some do of the, that. I've and seen the, some of the cameras that they sent in, man. And yeah. I, I had some of those you know, D battery cameras that they're getting, like they're getting like when the cameras first came out, people are sending in them, you know, I yeah, mean, like man, the it, old, old, old school. Ones. People just digging deep looking for anything yeah. that's out there. It's cause it's worth $75. So, yeah. um, get on their website, use that code upgrade and, uh, get you a new render here. Moving on to next level deer supplements. Um, people are starting to post pictures of, of uh, bucks growing, man. I've seen three, four, five inches. Um, it's always weird right now because, like, uh, the the base is just absolutely humongous. And that, that's what everybody's talking about right now. But um, Next Level's got their spring and summer feed. It's available. Uh, you can order custom pallets from them, guys, shipped right to your house. And um, they're always looking for dealers, trying to expand and grow that company especially out east and uh, Indiana and Ohio guys. And it's a it's a great opportunity to maybe earn some income and get your feed paid for. And um, it's perfect for a garage setup to run that baby out of there. So get at them at uh, nextlevelgear.com. And last but not least, uh, The Last Breath guys, check out their YouTube. They're sending out a podcast uh, Monday mornings, starting off your week there fresh with that. And... Um, we are offering our audience from these guys um, codes on Underwarmer, Outdoor Edge, and Badlands Camo. So appreciate them guys sharing them with us to offer it to you guys for listening to our show. Yeah, I already had a bunch of people uh, reach out for the Badlands code. Um, that thing's burning hot, so it's a pretty good discount, guys. We can't say exactly what it is on here, but it's when you get the code, you're going to have a really good idea what, what, what it is. Um, but, uh, really good, uh, code to get a lifetime warranty product at a pretty, pretty substantial cost and reduction. I, and I'm also going to say, don't be sleeping on that underwarmer code either. Yeah. Yeah. Don't that. That underwarmer. We, we slept <laughs> on that, man. It, the, I'm going to have about 12 of those just laying around like, yeah, it's a chilling. little edgy today. Just imagine having that in your backpack. Like, man, it's colder than I thought it was going to be this morning. And yeah. then you're like, dude, I'm, I'm soloing. Nah, I'm like, <laughs> it's, it it's, can't it's be unreal. colder than we were out. And I was like, I'm pretty solid right now. Yeah. Uh, something about having your core your core warmer, it just, your toes are warmer, it eliminates your hands everything are else. Yeah. Eliminates everything your ears else. are warmer. Negative 10 warmer. never felt yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, well, let's get into this podcast. Um, I got some notes wrote down. I'm sure homie has some. We'll kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, but we are on another 190-inch class deer. This one's different than the other ones, though. The other ones had a lot of junk, a lot of kickers, drop tines, flyers. Um, you guys know about Magnum, um, the story on him, uh, how that ended up. Uh you don't know about the 
fire buck that we called him. Um, yeah. We've talked about this buck on here a little bit. This was a buck that we located in an area, um, threw some hunts at, daylighted on us a couple times. Um, quite a bit of intel on him. Um, when we really made the move on him, uh, he ended up getting killed two and a half miles away on another piece of property. Uh, so we had kind of kind of let a cam soak and then went and pulled it and said, oh, shit, the steer's in here. Threw a couple hunts at him, was on the does that he was on. Mm-hmm. You know, we were seeing the doe group that he was hitting. We just weren't there when he was there because he kept coming back to that doe group and checking that doe group. And uh, we knew that and we'd throw some sits in there and you had, you know, been seeing those, those that doe group work through same does. And uh, he just did the luck wasn't there that he was with, wasn't with those does that day. But two days after you were there, he was, was with the does, you know. So um, we're at work right after we've been on vacation for <laughs> I don't know how long. And he's out there daylight. And I'm like, damn it. You know, that's just how it goes. Running all over hell on three or four different Exodus cameras out there. Renders. We're getting pictures of him. Yeah, when um, I, when I was when I was at work and and he daylighted in there, um, I did go out that night, but he was chasing yeah. that doe so hard around in there, and she finally just left that um, woodlot, and you know the chase was on at that point because I mean it was it was absolute chaos in there for two hours, mm-hmm. and by the time I was able to get off work, get home, get the shit, get out there. Um, still did end up seeing five deer that night, a couple small bucks and, uh, another doe and a, a mature, a, a more mature, not a yearling, but a bigger, smaller doe. And, um, they come in and I thought he was going to be circling back in right on them, right at last light and, uh, ended up not happening. Yeah. I mean, we were in the game on him. Um, I don't know if we've talked much about PT. I know we've mentioned the buck that I'm going to be after dedicating a lot of time on both of us, the one we've been scouting for. Um, but this deer is a lot different. This deer is um, main beamy, tine length, not a lot of mass, hella, hella tine length, hella brows, pretty wide, uh, just a really big framey deer mm-hmm. the other ones were kind of massy a lot of points framey but not like holy shit like yeah. that's yeah you know, Ma- magnum had a good frame he just had a yeah. shitload of points he had a shitload of kickers and points and base kickers and splits and this one's got one split and he's pretty clean other than that so he's going to be in the 80s 90s range um verified that he's alive got late season um data of him and picked up a shed uh so very high hopes that this deer is alive but um the reason you guys are here is how in the hell are these podunk guys able to get on this type of deer on public year after year after year um and the very first thing i got is time uh to find these deer takes a ass load of time to understand these deer. It takes a ass load of time. So, uh, I'm not going to say we aren't lucky that these deer are here. Cause I do believe that we're lucky as hell that the deer are there, but the amount of time that we spent on that property 
and the other properties that these deer are on uh is damn near mind-boggling like we're dead we're skipping private land not scouting as much on it and just really going in hard and if you take every hour that you've been out there every hour that i've been out there every hour that we've been out there together like i mean i've walked damn near that whole entire thing besides that shit we got into the summer i haven't walked <laughs> yeah. all that like gritted it out but like I have walked enough now that I feel like I have a very good understanding of what those deer are doing, especially late season. And that's when I feel like we have the highest odds to kill that deer. Uh, late season, I'm going to really try to hold a tag back to, to you know what I mean? Yeah. To be able to have the option to, to hunt this deer late season. Cause, um, he was daylight. Um, we know where he likes to feed. We know where he's bedding. Uh, so, I, I mean, what else do you need to know? You just got to get in there in between them and he's, you know, not, not screw him up. So time is the number one thing, but number two is uh, you got to find the area, man. These, these bucks, if you find an area that there's a giant, okay, you find a random piece of public land and there's an absolute giant on there, right? And maybe, maybe he's not there a shitload. He's there for a month or whatever, and you get to hunt him, and he and someone kills him. Remember that area. Remember that property. Don't write it off. Um, there's a reason if, if there's a deer of that age class in that area, um, he was able to hide good enough and have low enough pressure that he didn't die, and there's stuff in there that big bucks like um we've said that on this podcast i don't know how many times big buck shit is big buck shit dude i mean they, they, if they like an area they're they're in an area it's there's a reason that that giant's in there and just like the giant last year there's a reason that that deer was in that little area oh. <laughs> plane flying over my house these dogs are going nuts so go to bed go to bed yeah anyways um there's reason that the flyer buck was in that area because uh there's no one else in that area and it, it was a stupid little area and there was no one else in there so that's why that deer was there that's why those does were there um we did find that bed that i believe was his bed where I hung that camera and then we had that smaller buck come in there after he had died. I believe that he was bedded right there, uh, and using that area. But he, he was, by the time I found the bed, moved the trail camera and shit on it. That is just, a that spot just sets up perfect for a giant to bed there. Uh, and it's, that's a spot that I'm going to have in the back of my mind forever. So if I have, a, if we find another giant in that area, on trail cam or visually see him i'm gonna think oh shit that that area that that one giant was bedding in pretty damn good chance that another that buck's bed in there too so even if you kill the buck you know remember remember that area another one is either going to grow up and be in there or it's going to move in there the next year you know what do you got um 
I just have here kind of willing to do what others won't. And it's kind of what you're talking about as far as the time goes. Um, we spend a lot of time out there. And I think when we go out there, just through having this podcast, talking to these guys who are successful on Big Deer year after year, we have allowed ourselves to go out there and have an open mind to learn about what the hell the deer are doing. And something that, you know, Clint, Heath, Dan Bayes, uh, Justin Hollins, where this stuff that them guys always talk about is ask why that buck is here and, you know, what's he doing? Them two things, and then, like, you're really going to be in the game of trying to figure him out, you know? And I think when we go out there... And I kind of like how we've had it set up this year because usually we're, you know, tag teaming out there together. We haven't been out there together this year, but our hours out there, I think, are more than what they have been in the past. And I think it's allowed each of us to gather some intel. And then when we go out there together, I think we're going to have a more effective time together because you have shit you want me to look at. I have shit you want... I want you to look at and you know, it's going to be the first time you're seeing it. First time I'm seeing yours. And I think the, the conversation at that point is going to be a lot better than if we were both looking at it at the same time or, um, you know, coming across something out there at the first time together. I think, cause you know, I'm, I've been brewing on it for a month and a half. You've been brewing on it for two months, you know, and we'll get a like, okay, I think this is what he's doing. And then, and then you know, see what you think and, and go back and forth. So just having that open mindset of what is that deer doing and why is he here? You know, is he here for the acorns? Is he here because it's good, thick bedding? Is he here for does right now and he's going to be gone? Is he here for food, late season? Um, any one of them scenarios, whatever time of the year it is. And um, it can really let you know if you're going to get ready to waste a lot of time waiting for him to be in there when the does are hot or um, if he's going to be moving on on after early season and the acorns are gone, you know? Yeah. Uh, next thing I got, I think, I don't know if this has ever been talked about, but I, I'm pretty excited when I was thinking about it, what I, you know, what, what I was going to talk about on here is when you cut, when it comes to this absolute giant deer, nothing everything you you hear on a podcast or you think a deer does just wipe it off the table and figure out what what he does like does he live 100 yards from a paved highway he could he could be bedding right there we've seen it um is he staying in the exact place that he summers and you think that he left possibly uh is he walking where 95% of the people walk to access a piece? <laughs> Possibly. We've seen, we've seen that. Don't let your brain destroy your hunt before you even get started. Don't don't say, man, there's no way that I'm wasting my time because there's no way that deer is going to do this. Because eventually you're going to figure out that he's doing that. And then you're going to feel like a dumbass like me. He's been there the whole time. He's right underneath your nose. You, you 
well, I do. I make it rocket science sometimes. Like, oh, he's cutting an angle, or but he's probably doing the exact same thing you are doing to get back to where he's he's at. He's taking the easiest trail. It might be at nighttime, but if you know where he's feeding, okay, he's feeding here. You still got to figure out how is he getting back to where he's bedding. Okay, I got daylight pictures of him where where I think he's bedding now. We know he's feeding up here. Where's this? Where's this line? Then you walk that, especially in the wintertime, you'll be like, we made this way harder than what it should have been because here's the main trail of what these deer are doing. There's snow on the ground or it's really muddy out this time of year, and you see the main trail, and you're like, okay, they've been doing this the whole time. They're walking in. at They're walking out at nighttime. When we are walking out, they're following us out. Like, it seems like – a deer wouldn't do that, but they're like, okay, nighttime coming out. They're literally walking out the same way that we are. And we're thinking that these deer are traversing this giant loop to like get away from us when they're actually just waiting for us to leave and then following us out. It's and like, when you see, you don't see one trail, but you see like eight or 10 trails all meet up to the same one to walk out exactly where you walk out to go to the ag. You're like, the whole time I've been telling myself that there's no possible way that this deer is going to do this. He's this big, he's this old. He's not going to be out here in the open when he's out there every night going to that ag at late season. Um, so don't let your brain before you even start thinking that that buck's not going to do something because it's something you've never seen. Okay. What else you got over there? Uh, I have assets. So obviously the first thing that comes to mind is trail cameras when talking about assets mostly. And that is one of, you know, our strengths, I think, is we do a pretty good job of running cams, getting a little bit more mobile cams. So we're not really going in there messing up the, the, the spot. And also another thing with the cams is, you know, we're leaving them cameras out there sometimes you know, all year throwing in some lithiums to get through the winter. If, uh, we're, if we got the industrials in there for the summertime and, um, letting that thing soak. And like, I'm not saying that the more that we go on here, you know, we're putting a little less stock into what the cam's telling us, but we do feel pretty comfortable in a couple areas to just go in there and just X some shit out, like X that area off the map and just, just don't think about it because you know it's shit. There's not very much activity and there's not even does in there. There's there's nothing really going on in there. And I think that's a good um a good way to spend your time or spend a year or a, a bullshit cam is just leave that baby sit and then you know for next year, like, okay, how many times have we sat around and literally just X'd off 60 acres and just you know don't ain't shit going on over there we're not we're not even gonna mess with it and then next thing you know you can really focus in on a good meaty chunk of the good shit so yeah um that's one part of the assets thing the next one is um getting the you don't have to have a mobile stand but um you know it it helps having a really good setup a setup that you're comfortable with and mostly what I'm getting at here is uh, make sure that your setup is not going to limit you 
to not put in a little bit more work to get to where you actually want to go or need to be. Um, don't be like, oh man, you know, I got 15 pounds stand on my back or a climber and I got a huge ass hill and it's my third day out there and I, I'm just going to pull up here, you know, 250 yards short and that's the day you needed to be back there. Like we have a good setup. If we say we're going somewhere, we're going there and we're not, we're not even really thinking about it. So don't be limited by that. And another thing is, as far as assets goes, is making pins on our phones. Um, I wish I wish HuntStand would color code that, and, and it might, but I wish they would color code it so you can... I know they have the different pins, the symbols, but I wish they would color code it, and it would be a lot easier. Um, i seen Brian Dulux talking about this um, the other day on Facebook, because he was asking Onyx HuntStand, and Cody and I both use HuntStand, but um, we're marking trees that we've been in we're marking where our cameras are we're marking where other hunters have been we're marking sign marking doe bedding buck bedding like all that's on our phone and it's right there and, and that's another asset for you guys to to look at when you're out there and um i don't know how many times just marking you know hey there was scuff marks on this tree somebody's hunted this tree before and, you know, out there marking potential trees to get into on, you know, certain wins. And you can all jot that down in the notes. Um, so assets kind of goes a little more than just what you would think about your stereotypical um, trail camera. But um, that that's what I had there. Okay, yeah, I, I think, like you said, the assets, um, I had long soap cams as one of mine too. You mentioned it. Uh, you, you got to know that there's a giant in there to really waste your time in the area, you know? And like you said, we're X and out spots. We're not X and out spots because there's no deer there. You know, we're X and out spots because we believe that they're unhuntable and, or there's not a, a buck there we want to chase, you know? But if you didn't have an asset in there, you know, kind of monitoring the area, you can get caught up into having too many options and you're like, hell, I'm going to go up here and try it. And then you waste the hunt up there and you're like, well, that was shit just like I thought it was. So, um, like I said, those long soap cams really allow, allow you to eliminate. Um, and, and I really think that that was the turning point of when we started getting on those deers, these, you know, giant deer is when we started finding them, you know, like, when we started running a shitload of cams on different properties, like mm -hmm. started to find these deer, you know, and, uh, if uh, I keep going back to like, I feel like I'm super blessed to just be, to, to count the amount of 180, 190 class deer that I've been able to hunt the last 10 years. Like, it's just, it's it, like last seven years, I would say it's just been, insane to to have that many of that type of deer to hunt but i feel like we put in more work than the average hunter for sure and we run a hell of a lot more cams on a hell of a lot more different properties than the average hunter um now uh we had that one year man remember where we just had we had like 38 cams out on four, five different pieces and 
a lot of different publics and we narrowed it down to, okay, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is okay. This is really, really good. This is pretty solid. This over here is decent. We think we can kill over here. This is like the 150 area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. we, got the, we got the zones. Like uh, there's nothing over here, nothing over here all year long over 150. Like, okay, this is, we know where that's at. Okay. There's giant over here and the giants are few and far between. But like I said, it takes a lot of assets to figure out where the hell these deer are at. And uh, that goes to one of, one of my most important po- points that I had. Um, people say it a lot, but hard-to-hunt areas hold big deer. That's what we're seeing right now. Um, water, hills, spots that are tough to hang, spots that have high stem count, not big oak timbers um and spots that are hard to hunt with the wind i feel like that's not something that's talked about um if you can find an area like that um it probably is going to equal low pressure and if there's like a math equation that uh that would equal giant bucks it would be like does divided by low pressure divided by nutrition equals (laughs) <laughs> giants you know i mean like that that's what you need you need food you need low pressure and you need does and that deer is going to hang in that area he's going to grow in that area he's going to be big he's not going to be pressured he's going to have the best nutrition he can have and it don't have to be like people think you need everything people think you need well man i need somewhere that has a green food source and somewhere that has acorns and somewhere that has crops and something that has you know good late season food these deer can make it they can grow into giants on little to nothing but there has to be low pressure like that's the number one key these big giant deer are not and and it could be a super heavy pressured area but there's just a little bitty spot that's really hard to get to or overlooked or there's a bunch of water or it's a swamp or it's real shitty thick stuff or then that's where he's going to be. So hard to hunt. Every one of these bucks that we've been hunting has been in a hard to hunt or out of the way overlooked spot. There's nothing. There's not been one of these bucks that you walk in there. You'd be like, there's a big deer in here. This just looks like a good spot to hunt. No giants. There's no big deer in there. We find a nice, oak timber acorns shit looks prime there's no there's we kill we get these encounters and find these giant bucks in shithole trash spots to hunt like <laughs> it's hard to get into it's hard to access it's hard to hang stands it's you're hard to hunt with the wind the wind's swirling you got to do shit you got to go about roundabout ways to get in there because the wind's a different direction the wind's actually blowing during the normal day like it and that's the reason that there's nobody in there because they're like people were they're for one they probably don't know that giants in there more people do than you probably think do though that's that's key but they're like man why would i go back here and hunt this area when i can hunt up here and it looks better for deer hunting it feels better there's more sign a lot of these places that these giant bucks are very little sign very little sign that says there's a giant here like that there's not a lot of giant rubs or 
giant scrapes or anything that's saying, oh man, there's absolute magnum giants here. You know, it's they they're kind of they're they they act, act like the sign gives them away. They're not really heavy sign layers out there. And and it's crazy because there's an ass little bucks. You know, they think they'd be more sign than there is. So hard to hunt areas, um, whether that be access or overlooked or whatever, that's where these bucks are. They're not in the oh the hill country. I mean, there's giants there, but on public land, they're not in that hill country corner of a ag field that looks prime as hell or, or the corner of the clover green as hell where it transitions. They're not there. They're in a shithole is where they're at. So. Yeah, it, I mean, he's not just saying that because to, just to be saying it, it's a, it's an actual shithole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's every every one of these giant deer that we've found have been in, in a terrible spot to hunt. Like, and if you think about everything that Cody just said, like, it doesn't look deery. It doesn't look like it should be prime. There's no sign in there. Uh, probably not bedding right right in there that that you're hunting at. So that's that's why it looks like a shithole because it doesn't look anything like big buck home, you know. So that just makes it look like a shithole. Then you hunt there a couple times, don't see nothing. You're like, eh, this might really be a shithole, but you know, there's a giant that's been been through there. So and a lot of the time, that when we're hunting these giant deer, we're not seeing even five, six, seven deer. Mm. We're seeing two and then a giant's in there. You know what I mean? I, like they're, they're not hanging out with a whole shitload of deer. They're not like, oh yeah, there's a big group coming out, you know, this field or feeding this acorn flat. They're not with those groups. They're solo. You know, there might be a couple deer in there satellite bucks that flyer buck had a, that satellite buck all day and yeah. so did so did pickles pickles had that satellite buck so might be a satellite buck in there with them a couple does but it's not going to be like a heavy deer populated area where these because if it is there's probably hunters in that area you know they're getting when someone sees a really really giant heavy trail they're like oh i'm gonna set up right here more than likely, you're. I mean, there might be a giant in there. But you're gonna have to get lucky just to kill him off that. Mm, yeah, they're get, they're getting a lot of pictures, or you know, they're gonna see a lot of deer, or, or more deer than if they, you know, were to be back in the shit. So they're gonna, they're most you likely to gonna cool set up with, there. Yeah, you have to be cool with having hunts where you don't see very many deer or any deer at all. And and how many because, times do we say that to each other going into a hunt? Like, okay, if we see a deer, if we see a deer, it's gonna be the deer we want to see. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and you, that's how almost all of them been. I'm telling you, you have to be mentally prepared for that. You have to pep talk yourself up because the shit will wear on you for sure. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're not ready for it. If you're not ready for it, you be you be throwing it in quick. And yeah. if you're not getting him on cam or mobile cam or whatever it is, like the shit just starts compounding at some point. But mm -hmm. you just gotta gotta keep going. Um. So the question is, how do we keep getting on these big deer and or bigger deer? Um, quit overlooking the dumb shit. Just like we're talking about these shithole spots. Um, we stop 
really just overlooking these dumb shits, you know. Um, like I talked about earlier, we're Xing stuff off uh, that we've spent some time in hunting or spent some time in scouting, running cams, let them soak all year. And when you X stuff off, you're not you're not messing with that no more. So now you got we'll just say three to five cameras that you were running back on this forty. Now you're, they're they're not going back there. So where are they going to go? They're going to go to somewhere new. Where's somewhere that you've got interest? Where's somewhere that you scouted this winter? That's like oh hey, I need to remember this come August when it's time to put cams up because this looks good, and I need to see if something's in here early. Um, it probably looked good late for you to be putting a reminder in your brain or it looked good while they're out there late October laying scrapes. So now you've got these five cameras, you're going to throw them up in there. And I, we're getting to the point now to where it is these really small pockets that we haven't been in. And it's spots that don't look good, spots that everybody goes by. I'm gonna say the the wet the where West Side was, overlook spot, spot where Pickles was, overlook spot, where the Flyer Buck was, overlook spot, where physical therapy is, overlook spot. So, I mean, there's four bucks right there that overlook spot. Um, we encountered two of them, and almost almost encountered the third one. So um, I'm hoping we'll encounter and, and kill the fourth one. So um, just when you stop overlooking them them small spots, um, them, I, I mean, how many times you, you read in the magazine, North American Whitetail, six-year-old kid in Iowa kills a 180 in a two-acre woodlot, you know? Like that shit's coming out every year. And it's, it's true, like – Deer's probably being left alone in there, and it, then you can go in there, pin a doe up in there when it's prime time, and next thing you know, he comes right in your lap. So, it and it don't take a lot of assets to cover a, a small spot like that. It, it don't take long to walk through it. It don't take long to gather the intel, um, boots on the ground, or you know, even on a on a pre-hunt scout like Cody and I often do. You know, you got your stands on your back. You're like, okay. We're going to go in here. It's October 23rd. We're going to go in here with stand on the back. If it looks good, we're going to set up. If it don't look good, we're going to keep on going, working back. So that's one thing that I think has really helped us here, especially this last two years. Yeah, if you're if you're exiting out, like I said, that one year we were spread out on a bunch of different properties, cams all over the damn place. And I feel like you need a year like that. You need a year like, okay, if, if I'm going to hunt this spot, this is where I'm going to hunt, like on this whole entire property. Like, okay, now you took a 500-acre piece and it's 100 acres. Like, that's not saying you might not scout the other, you know, 400 acres in the wintertime or something to see if something changed. But, you know, your best chance to kill a giant is in that 100 acres. Well, well, you had on the other 400 acres, you pull those cans and now you can say, oh man, this is a little shitty spot over here. I'm going to throw one in. Or there's this little shitty spot up here. Like the, like the poo plant buck, mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> there are this little shit spot up here. I'll throw a camp giant. Like <laughs> I forgot about everywhere, him. Yeah, everywhere. You're like, you're like, man, there's probably a giant in there. There's a giant. There is it's just like, we're, we're getting to the point where we're like, 
the shit connects that there's a giant in there and then there's a giant in there. It's just like it, <laughs> you, you figure this shit, you, you connect enough dots on different pieces and then you can call the shot on, there's a big one up there yeah. and boom, big one up there. And then uh, you go up there and scout and they change that field, that grass field to an ag field. Now I'm like, dude, early season, that, there should that trail came up there should be on fire if it's beans you know back in that yeah. corner where they're they're gonna pinch around there i'm like you run run right there you're gonna be on that deer you're gonna be able to see what he's doing boom he's there okay if he's not there there's only one other option for him to be anywhere because just there's just not shit up there besides literally crap plant you know what i mean <laughs> it's literally a crap plant it's literally uh, the poop ponds for the town you know so uh it's, it's it's another one of those this looks like nobody's even thinking about hunting this place uh and i've been trying to freaking lease the ground to the north there for like five or six years yeah we almost oh, had it that one year i know i know there's one in there i gotta <laughs> call her again i'll call her again just put it in her ear be like hey <laughs> You know, it's me again. It's May again. <laughs> what, do <you> think? <laughs> what do you think about this? Like, I, it sets up really, that's one of those spots that just sets up really good to hunt. Like, it just really sets up nice in there. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, don't, don't, don't look over the, don't, don't skip over those spots because you don't think there's something in there. Verify before you move on. Especially, um, just like if Cody said, just like, especially if you're like, there's a giant in there. Yeah. Because we're really finding out that that's hardcore. Yeah, that's, yeah like it, you look at a piece and you're like, oh, man, there's there's going to be a giant in there at some time of the year. And then you run a camera and then you're like, damn, there he was in there. Like, yeah. you, you have to have the confidence in yourself to, to make that move. It goes back to, you know, when we had Scott Buckley on with the, the giant diet the giant double dropper that was bedding right next to the freaking campground that people were out there all year and he's living in the small acreage right by the campground we drive past that campground that i'm like dude there's probably a giant we're over here turkey <laughs> yeah. i'm like yeah there's a giant this little strip of timber right here there's probably a magnum living in that thing dude and there's no one messing with it uh so but yeah i had that same thing don't overlook small areas um one one more thing I had is uh, small moves can equal huge results with this with these deer. Like you're on nothing, you're on nothing, you're on nothing. You move 250 yards, boom, you're on. You're you found one. You found one. You're on the edge of his zone. Okay, now you 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 got him located. Um, we're figuring out that these deer they're they're kind of in this. They kind of have like blocks of when they're that big. They have like the block of okay, this is my shit. And I'm kind of running this area. And then that they have damn near hard lines that they don't cross a lot. Uh, just off of our trail cam data and what we've visually seen these deer do. Um, if you can find that line, uh, that's a great place to start. Um, but when you find that line and when you're on one and he he's there, he's there, and then he doesn't show up for a while, don't give up on it. Don't just say, oh, he's gone. He's a mile away or, you know, we've, we've, we've had that happen to us where we're on him, we're on him, we're on him. Then we kind of just, we're on him in that area and we give up scouting them because we feel like we're on him because he's been there. 
But you have – if you're not seeing him, trail cams ain't picking him up, make the move. 150 yards, 200 yards. We talking about that, I don't know how many times. If we went 200 yards to the west, how much different would our season have been? You know, if we would have just went 200 yards, same thing with the, the PT. If we would have went 150 yards east through the thick bit, how much how, – how different would our, our whole entire last two years been just knowing – what's 150 more yards and um, you get hung up on, okay, this is my area. I feel really confident here. That's great. But if he's not showing, he's not showing on cams, make the move. Don't get hung up. Don't get hung up in the area. Um, don't get locked on that one spot thinking then this is the key. This is how it's going to kill them. Uh, like I say on here a lot, Trust in yourself, but verify. You got to verify all everything because the shit's changing and you don't know what's going on. So small moves can equal huge results. You think 150 yards out there ain't much. You move 150 yards and you're 150 yards hotter, you know, and you're like, oh, shit. You know, you, you move a trail cam. Okay, I got him. I haven't got him for three weeks. Now I got him. Okay, now he's over here. And we've had that happen. We don't know if it's from us pressuring him, other people pressuring him, does us pressuring the does and the does tweaking a little bit and that making him change. There's a lot of stuff that you might be doing that you don't even know. Okay. Oh, I bumped a couple of does on the way in. That That's not a big deal. And then you do it again and then you do it again. Those does are, they're like, shit, I keep getting bumped. I'm going to move 150 yards away. You're still thinking, oh, he's in this area. The does are here, but those does are actually moved because of you, and he's moved. And I feel like that's that's what we had happen was the does tweaked, he tweaked. Does weren't on the top ridge. They were on the bottom. He tweaked over there. Simple for him. He, he don't give a shit about going on that ridge. He's just up there because there's does. Now, we've hunted back there. Other people have hunted back there enough to tweak those does, he makes the move, you know, but until you look at it as a full circle about this isn't my, this isn't where I'm going to kill him. Shit's changed. It's really hard to see that in season when your mind's set on it. I just got to put the work in and then I'm going to kill him here. You got to be fluid throughout the year and not be able to not be afraid to make those small changes. I think that's a really, really great tip and something that everybody should really think about is small moves, you know, can, can yield huge results. And just when you said that, like, I just typed on the laptop here, it's like pretty disheartening hearing 150 to 200 yards could really make or break your season on a giant. And mm -hmm. the, la the last two years... I mean, really, the last three years that Chase Magnum and physical therapy, like, I think two years ago, if we would have went to 150 yards, we would have killed PT. And, yeah. you know, um, or we would have been in the game longer in the year um, than we were. And I know um, three years ago and, um, well, two years ago, when we got off of PT and started really getting back in on Magnum, um, so two and three years ago, if we go 150 yards east or we go 200 yards west, like 
I, I don't know what west would have brought us, but I know if we went 150 yards east and we'd have been down right there by that stand, I mean, we would have we would have released an arrow, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to to sit here and think that that's all we needed. We we had the tree picked out over there. We knew yeah. We knew what it was. And that 150 200 yard buffer is all it, all it took and um that's something that hopefully this year we can correct and yeah i don't know when the when the light switch uh hit me i think it was just shed hunting and scouting by myself and just out there so much this year i just talk i have literally talked myself out of killing so many deer it's not even funny when i look back on Oh, he can't be doing that or that, that, that wouldn't actually work. Or how do you know it's not going to work? Mm-hmm. How well, the hell? Exactly. How do you know? Exactly what you said at the beginning is sometimes you try to make it into rocket science. And, and I totally a hundred percent agree with you that like, sometimes you do do that. And mm-hmm. it, it has, you know, we've both done it. Cause then we get to going back and forth. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see that, you know? And then we end up in a spot where we don't, really need to be yeah and it's it's easy to do when you're trying to surgically remove one and it's the one you know but um shit happens and but we've learned from it we know not to do that now and we're gonna be out there just literally going for it just going for it yeah i i feel more confident in my abilities for this coming season than I ever have just, I don't know what, I don't know what it was. It was just like, dude, you, you know what you're doing. You're on these deer, you know how to kill them. Just do it. Like it don't have to be in a certain spot. It don't have to be out of a certain tree. It don't have to be, Oh, I can only kill them this time of the year. It don't have to be any of that. It has to be when the deer's there, you make the move and you kill him. That's when it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's not, he's only here for two weeks of the year. It's it's not, oh, he's only, he's going to pass this tree and he did it three years ago. He's going to do it. Like, <laughs> it's not any of that. Yeah. The deer's here. You got a good idea how you can kill him. Go sh- try it. Okay. That didn't work. Okay. Now, you know. Yeah. You don't scratch that off. Yeah, Try don't don't fall in love with the tree you scouted out in February and you gotta kill him and you want to make it happen there because it ain't probably ain't just, gonna. You, I I know a lot of hunters do that. They just find the spot and they're like, oh, dude, I love this spot. You know, maybe they can, maybe they had a good encounter there or a few years ago, or maybe they killed one there, or maybe the scenery is really good, or maybe they see, they see a lot of deer. Maybe they think their access is perfect, or you know. There's a lot of shit that involve that you know that's the stand is just set up perfect. It leans back a little bit. You know, <laughs> the sun there's a lot of shit that yeah. adds up, and then you real you, you're like, oh, this is where I'm going to do it. This and we've done that. That's not that's not where you're going to do it. But uh, the last thing I had on here is uh, what do you got? Anything else? No, no. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. This is my last one. Um, the reason that we're able to get on these absolute giant deer 
It's because we're hundred percent obsessed with deer hunting and nothing else. Our hobbies are being a dad, taking care of our bodies and hunting deer. And that's why we're able to do it in a nutshell, all these other tactics you could, you could talk about doing all these other tactics, but if you're not going to be dedicated to this game, you're not going to be able to do it year after year after year. Mm-hmm. It's and, impossible. And, and that's where the wear of, you know, hunting a buck mm-hmm. or, you know, trying to yeah. go out there and do it consistently or, you know, taking a night off of hunting to, to scout a, a block of timber cause you ain't been in it in a month or move a cam. And, um, I've, sometimes I really feel like moving that camera and, you know, the second week of November is huge. I think, I feel like some, some moves at that time frame are huge and mm-hmm. did, it proved to prove to be right this year. Like that's when we really got back in the game was about that yeah. time frame. And, um, man, I, but if you don't love it and you're not like willing to go out there and do that, it, it's, it makes it a lot tougher. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can have a giant deer. You can know where he's at. You got to be, you got to love to do it and you got to be dedicated to do it or you just got to get lucky. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, there's a lot of luck involved with everything, but there's a reason that giant deers live this long. So you're going to have to put work in to kill that damn thing. And that's why, I mean, we've, we've killed, one of the one nineties we've been after, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've had encounters with the other one that we've been after, you know, we were all over this one. Now, um, we lost the, the fire buck early, you know, we, we were on them and then we lost him a month later. So it's hard to make a lot of moves and encounters with him there, but, uh, we're, we're dedicating whole off seasons on these deer. We're dedicating whole, preseason game plans on this these deer like we're dedicating a lot to a giant you know and instead of wow well, you know i went and trimmed my stands like no we're, we're weeks <laughs> worth of time you know that we've put in to figure out how we're going to access this and what where can we hunt and why is he in here and what where is he potentially bedding and how, where is he like there's weeks of this shit combined throughout the years and that's why that's literally why we're able to do it. And like I said, the realization was we we talk on here about we ain't shit, we don't really know what we're doing, but every year we're on them. We know what the hell we're doing. We just got to believe in ourselves to go out there and kill them. And don't uh don't don't not go all in on a giant because when someone else kills him, it's it's devastating. <laughs> yeah so we're we're getting a little better at moving on to the next one but it still sucks that you have all that time all them hunts yeah i mean like i said we've been really blessed to be able to have all these giants to hunt that one guy a 190 might be a one in 10 year thing Mm -hmm. you know like you got to know when it's your time to rip you know, and, and we, we've been in the batting, batting cage for a while here, you know, striking <laughs> out, but, uh, only one grand slam on a whole hell of a lot of at bats, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's pretty bad. I'm batting like a 0.010 on my batting average, but, uh, 
got to keep swinging, bro. Got to keep swinging. I'm swinging like a mother this year. <laughs> swinging hard, bro. <laughs> the, uh, the trip hunt's going to eat into my swing time, though. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah. God, it's going to be sick, but that's going to take hella swing time. A lot it's of gone. swing time. <laughs> no, but hopefully we can uh, – we handed 10 at that trip that – uh, a little later in a couple episodes down the line, but planning a trip this year, something kind of off the wall, radical, uh, kind of more our style of what we like to do anyways. Yeah. We chase the big deers at home. We do the other radical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> in different states. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, the third year of having a one ninety or better deer to chase. And, uh, we're still we're in the game. I feel real good about PT, um, and hopefully we can drag physical therapy out of the absolute dungeon that he lives in. Uh, you know, I'm hoping it's a uh, dude. If it was, how high would we be if it was like a second week of October kill or something on those eight <laughs> Holy points? shit! We'd be, we'd be jacked. We'd be like, what do you even do? Like you're just like, well, trailer park, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, trailer park it is. <laughs> Or the poop buck. I got to think of a name for the poop buck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Number two. Oh, number two. That's his name. <laughs> That's his name. Man. Just named him. That's number solid. two. That's solid. Yeah. Oh, number two buck up there. <laughs> oh. Might throw a couple at him, too. At least a cam. Got to get a cam. Yeah, definitely got to definitely get a cam. Hell of does up there, bro. The oh, rep yeah. would probably be pretty solid up there, dude. Yeah, it probably and they go, is. they go straight to that ag, bro. Everything <laughs> straight off, straight in, straight off, straight in. I'm like, dude, if you got in there in the morning and hung in that tree, like those does are gonna go past you every day. Every day. Like one of the days they're gonna have a giant with them. Number two is gonna be following them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, <sighs> All right. Well, like I said, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're still thinking about deer hunting. Appreciate you guys tuning in and freaking April turkey season, you know, middle of the mushroom hunting weather and, and to listen to us talk about deer hunting. Um, we love you guys. Um, if you ever need anything, don't be afraid to reach out. Always try to leave a legacy. Always try to do the right thing. And White Tail Legacy is out.